Hey everybody, welcome to New Dad, Newer Dad, episode number 65. I am Eric Smith and I'm here as always with Mr. Dustin Lopez. Dustin, how are you? I'm great, Eric. How are you? I'm well. That's great. Okay. Hey, did you know um, I lost um, 15 pounds in the last uh, few weeks here? Were you just wearing like a lot of clothes? I did was not wearing a lot of clothes. I gave up soda, junk food, and snacks. Yeah. I have not snacked in like a few weeks. Plus, I had a tooth extracted, which was uh, uh, made it a whole lot easier. It sounds awful. It really was awful, but I'm happy about the weight loss. Yeah, I, w- I would be happy about any kind of weight loss. I've been struggling. Well, don't don't eat, don't drink soda, and don't eat bad for you. Food I don't drink soda. Drink. Okay. Well, what about the bad food? I just eat a ton of crap. Yeah, don't eat the crap late at night when I come down to feed a baby. Yep. Or don't have it in the house. Yeah, that's... Well, we have three kids, so it makes it really difficult to not have some kind of cookies. No, it's really easy. Just don't buy cookies for your kids. But uh, how am I supposed to bribe them? Uh, Get healthier kind of cookies, like crackers. Oh, I should just get a whole bunch of gummies. I hate gummies. Well, then there you go. You found your niche. Are you still giving the kids the the sleepy gummies? Yeah, every night. (laughs) Sometimes it works better than others. Like tonight, they fell asleep by 7.30 on our bed. Wow. And then I had to move them. Um, also, we got we we moved, we put a real bed in the bedroom for Quinn. Oh, wow. Upgrading quickly. I, yeah, that wasn't... June just decided to make a switch and, and, and bought some beds off of Facebook Marketplace without me knowing. I need to use that more. Okay. Cool. Well, uh... We have a, a rare guest this episode. Yeah. yeah. Um, it is uh, my friend of, tw- Jesus, 20, 22 years, Minku? 22 years. Yeah, that sounds about right. Since high school. Um, Minku is, he lives in South Korea. Uh, he's, he's my buddy. Dustin didn't know he was my buddy until just a few minutes ago. He thought <laughs> I was just having some random person on from Korea. From South Korea. Yeah. Yeah, um, but this is Minku Kim. Minku, how welcome, did you do? Welcome how did to the you show. Meet. Thanks, Eric. Uh, <laughs> so you know, I was actually thinking about this this morning. I think I met Eric because of our mutual friend Mike uh, Koski, who lived in the northern region of Westlake, right near Bay Village. I think that was where his old house was, and I think I met you, Eric, uh, the summer before ninth grade, actually. Before we started going to high school together, you think so? I think so because I was over at Mike's house, and I think maybe you may have you might have come over or something. Yeah, I, I remember very yeah. much not being friends with Mike before high school started. <laughs> I just may... lived in the neighborhood, and I didn't I didn't like him and his brother what they were doing over there. <laughs> but then no, it was I think when... we're still hanging out anyway, right? Because you know, just neighborhood kids, right? No, we didn't. Because I moved no? I I moved into that neighborhood in seventh grade. Then I don't know. From Bay I, I Village. Guess, so I was going to St. Yeah. Raphael's, um, and I made the switch from a private school to public school at high school. Yeah. And there was only, well, there was two other kids from from St. Raphael's that moved to Westlake High School, and that was Chris Hawkinson. Right, right. Brian Applegate. So Chris Hawkinson was the one that, like, he started tagging along behind Mike Kosky. So then I, I just kind of was, like, latched onto him a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, Shout out to Ryan Applegate. That's Brian Applegate. No, I'm not Brian talking Applegate. about. I'm actually talking about Chris Hawkinson, who um, sadly is deceased. Oh, well, that's right. Yeah. Um, 
but yeah, so I was I was latching on to someone else latching on just based on proximity. And then I kind of integrated into that group a little bit better than Chris did. Um, and then, you know, that became our friend group. Right. And I just remember, you know, you and uh, Close had some stuff in common because you guys both played lacrosse. Yeah, that was sophomore uh, year. Cause yeah, Mike, that was sophomore Mike year. came yeah. sophomore year. So then I, I think I, you know, we started talking because of lacrosse and then we started playing for the same team, uh, Lakewood. Right. Um, and yeah. then I think that kind of integrated. But then you guys had like the music thing going on, too. So I think it was kind of like separately we brought, you know, we, we you know, came together again with, you know, Mike Close coming into the group. That's right. Yeah, I think that I think that's correct. But yeah. so we've known each other for a long time. You know, since very we kids, long really. time. Yeah. Um, I was just talking to June this week about uh, how we used to cook steaks in the driveway. <laughs> she didn't she didn't believe I know how to grill because I don't really grill anymore. And I stopped eating beef, you know, seven years ago. I didn't know that. Um, okay. Yeah. And she doesn't believe I can cook anything on a grill. It's like me and Mike Koo and Mike Koski. We used to grill all the time. Yeah. We'd, we'd buy expensive fillets and we'd take them to somebody's house and we'd cook them up. Uh, yeah. Those were good times. And I remember your Fiero. Oh, the, the yeah. Fiero GT. Yes. Yeah. 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 The 1986 Fiero. <laughs> we, we ran away from the cops in that once. I don't remember that. Uh, my lights wouldn't go up. Oh, and we were okay, coming okay. home from the movies and I had to like speed to my house. Okay. And then I got into the driveway and just turned it off and they drove past. Hey, Eric, wow. have you ever been to a, a wedding and the best man is giving a speech with a whole bunch of stories that nobody cares yeah, about? Yeah, you don't, you don't know <laughs> anything about them. Hey, just giving you some backstory. Yeah. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Well, um, it's good to, good to have you on. Thanks, Dustin. It's um, good to meet you too, finally. Why? Yeah, definitely. I'm, I did not know you were a listener. Um, until, well, I didn't know you were the listener right? in, in, uh, in South Korea. And, uh, now what do you give us a little bit of, uh, info on you? What, what do you do? What are you, where are you at? Okay. So, uh, just briefly, you know, after high school, uh, obviously I, I had to move to, um, to college, but I ended up going to Canada for a lot of weird reasons, but, um, I ended up going to Canada and I had planned on just living out the rest of my life there because, you know, Ohio, Toronto is pretty much the same. But um, I had to actually come back to Korea for military. And at the time I was dating my current wife and we decided that we would get engaged and then come to Korea. And then we came here and then I was uh, serving in the military. And then I started just to uh, work by doing a little bit of teaching here and there. And I guess 10 years later, I sort of run a small school and uh, and we do college prep. So, you know, if any dads are listening, I guess it's not applicable now if they're new. But, you know, 16 years later, when you're interested in college, you know, that's when I would kind of kick in and help kids get into college and things like that. So, yeah, it's, that's just been our life. And and I uh, obviously have a have a child of my own as well. And uh, she's four. I think she's the same age as Bo. So right? she's like she's a month or two older than Bo, I believe. What's her right. birthday? Uh, September 28th. Yeah. So Bose is in November. Yeah. Um, right. yeah. Cause when we were over there in, uh, Tokyo and we saw you, um, you had just recently found out, uh, that Marie was pregnant. That's right. Yeah. Um, so that was really cool. And then when we got, you know, pregnant shortly after that trip. Yeah. Um, and then the second time we got to see you, we, we came to South Korea on our way back from Thailand and, um, the kids were what, about 18 and 20 months. I think so. Um, I still have um, pictures from from uh, from the play dates and stuff, right? Yeah, it was yeah. it was awesome to get to you know see them play together. Yeah, 
Dustin, do you have anything? I, I was going to look something up here real quick. Oh, well, um, you know, I just, for our listeners, I just found out um, that uh, this is all familiar territory for everybody but me um, in terms of friendship. So <laughs> I had prepared as if this was somebody that um, neither of us knew. Um, but uh, <laughs> I was um, doing a whole bunch of research on, um, you know, differences in um, parenting and uh, similarities in parenting. Um, if anybody uh, knows me, you know, I, they know I'm all about food. So um, I have um, some, uh, some things related to food as well. So I don't know if you wanted to um, start asking questions or if you wanted me to, Eric. Yeah, so I mean, one of the things I'm looking up, and I, I didn't want the whole thing to be about this, but um, a, a little bit about the pandemic that's happening because that's mm. kind of. Um, and I was trying to go back through our messages, Minku, to see when I first messaged you, and I think I bought, it, I talked about it on the show. Is that I, I think I messaged you in February? Uh, towards yeah, the it end, was way before February. Yeah, yeah. and because I knew that you guys were kind of in it, and it seemed as though like. Nobody here really thought I was going to come here, but I was I was not feeling great about it. So I messaged you just to see how things are going. Um, and that kind of, you know, completely changed my opinion of like, this is going to be real and it's going to be around for a long time. Mm-hmm. But uh, so how, how are you guys doing now? Because I know you, you guys handle it really, really well. Yeah, so we're doing okay. Um, we've never really had like a large scale lockdown or anything like that, but... I think part of the reason was, you know, catching it early and being in such close proximity to China. Um, I think Korea was a little bit more on guard, right, when when things started to kind of look a little bit funny back in December, January. And I think one of the things that, I, that I've heard in the news is that they've actually had a pandemic exercise right before COVID actually broke out. So it just happened that everything that they practiced in like November was now applicable in real time. Um, so... To be honest, you know, we're getting something like 50 to 60 local cases a day for a population of 70 million. So life is relatively normal, you know, but I think part of, like I said, part of the solution was really just catching it early and making sure that things were contained. Because I think once you sort of let that infection spread out of control, I don't think any country, no matter how well equipped it is, could really deal with the, uh, with, with, you know, the such infectious disease, you know. So in some ways, I look at America and I'm just like, oh, my God, they're getting so many cases per day. But then I don't even know if any other country could have done any differently, given that the um, early infections were so out of control. You know, mm-hmm. yeah. But there's like there's not like two different views on it in in Korea. Right. It's not like this is like, oh, don't I'm an anti-masker or whatever. Um, oh, everybody's no. just yeah. everybody's just a team player and like, OK, this is what we have to do. Yeah, keep this thing under control. Yeah, I I think I think, um, you know, one of the things about about Korea is that we've, you know, it's been a relatively poor country until like the 1960s and 70s. And part of how Korea became wealthy, uh, or relatively wealthy was really in science and technology. So I think there's a lot of trust in science among Korean citizens in general. Uh, STEM education is pretty solid throughout the primary and secondary school. So in that regard, I think Koreans are just generally more receptive of, you know, medical advice when, it, you know, when, when doctors say wear a mask, it works, you mm-hmm. know. Um, but there are some, I guess, uh, some of the more religious groups here that sort of want that religious freedom in large church services. And I think, 
you know, that has been linked to a few outbreaks, but it's, it's, it's not common. It's not like a good portion of the population or anything like that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. How We're is lucky. um yeah. one of the questions that I had, um, cause it's something that I often talk about, um, is, um, healthcare in, uh, Korea. What, what is mm. that situation like there? So I gotta be honest, cause I'm an expat myself, right? Like I, I am uh -huh. Korean by citizenship, but you know, I've lived abroad my life, but, um, from what I gather, um, there is a nationalized healthcare that, um, that covers pretty much everybody, but depending on you know, how much money you make, you pay differently into that system. So it's a socialized system. Um, there are no deductibles or anything like that. And I think whenever we go to a doctor or any time we need to get any treatment, we end up paying about five to 10% of the bill. And I would imagine that the bill itself is probably substantially smaller than the American counterparts, right? So, for example, my mom, uh, before she passed away, actually, she passed away the night that we were in Japan, Eric. Remember? Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, back then, yeah. Um, you know, before she passed away, she was in intensive care for about three weeks and just undergoing all these crazy medical, you know, stuff. And I think, you know, they handed me the bill and it was something like $200,000. And I'm thinking, okay, so this is going to cost like a million dollars in America. But thankfully, uh, of that $200,000, I think I was responsible for about 12000 of that, you know. And this was like a month and a half long ICU care, you know, with the best doctors, you know. So um, I think it's pretty good. I think it's I think it's okay. And you know, one of the things I say is, you know, sometimes I look at my medical insurance that I have to pay in and I'm just like, okay, it's kind of expensive, but at the same time, because of how much, you know, the government kind of supported my mom, I don't think over the next 40 years I, I would even make a dent in that. You know, so I, mm, I feel completely mm -hmm. good about paying into, you know, the whole system. Yeah, yeah especially uh, like even in um terms of delivering a child. I mean, that's Oh yeah. Uh, that's something that's relatively inexpensive. Yeah, so that cost us $500, um, and <laughs> we paid another $700 because we wanted a private room for a few days. Um, and I think of that expense, I think the government gave us a like a credit card with $300 prepaid credit on it that you can use at the uh, at the hospital. So I think it was under $1,000 to have the child. I'm still, I'm still paying off my March bread. I, yeah. I would actually pay for that. Well, but I got to say, we have the lowest birth rate in the world, right? Or one of the lowest birth rates. So I think the government really has to do this. Otherwise, you know, our population is going to plummet. So, yeah, that's interesting how um, I've been reading a lot about birth rates in different countries. Mm. It is very interesting. Um, there's a number that it, you need to stay above in order for your populace to grow. Yeah. And uh, a lot of countries, they're not at that number right now. Right. Yeah, I think um, we were like 0 0.72 or something like that. It's, it's mm. just insane. But, um, you know, living here, I can see why. I, I think uh, there's a lot of, lot of uh, sociopolitical issues, socioeconomic issues, actually, not so much political. But um, when people end up trying to have kids, it's in their late 30s. So, you know, mm. my sister is like 40 now. And a lot of her friends who's had kids maybe a year ago or two years ago all have triplets or twins because of fertility treatments. And, and they all wear that on their sleeves, too. Right. It's not a secret. Everybody knows. Mm -hmm. And. Yeah, and and a lot of people just simply can't have children after that point. So right. Um, random question: Is Korean a good language for my kids to learn? I'm interested <laughs> in. Uh, I'm interested in in making sure that my children are, are are bi or trilingual. Right. So you know, one of the things I found hilarious was um. Oh, geez, what is that show? Adventure Time. Have you guys ever seen that show? Yeah. 
Yeah. Mm -hmm. So there's that unicorn, or I think it's Jake's girlfriend or something like that. And she actually speaks Korean in the show. And when I was watching that in English, I just thought that was like so hilarious. Um, so if you want to watch Adventure Time and understand what the unicorn is saying, Korean would be a good language to learn. But I mean, to be honest, I mean, English is the go-to language, right? Anywhere yeah. you go in the world. Um, I think Korean would be like a good gimmick. But unless you're really into the Korean culture, whether it be food or, or drama or K-pop or something like that, you know, I, I don't think there's as much incentive. Probably uh, Spanish or French might be better. Yeah. That's interesting. Or Chinese, because obviously yeah, China. I was going to ask yeah. is like Chinese or Japanese. Yeah. But I heard Chinese is just so hard to learn. Yeah. And I've never tried. But yeah. yeah. I don't know. Um, one of the other questions or one of the other things that I just had a fun fact on. Um, and my mom listens. My mom listens to this quite often. Um, and uh, I, I grew up hearing a story of my both my parents went to the Culinary Institute of America. Mm. And they had a friend. Um, that would um, go out around campus and bury uh, pots of um, cabbage that would eventually turn into <laughs> kimchi. And I just wanted to give a shout out to to my um, my parents for my love of kimchi. And uh, oftentimes kimchi has a ton of garlic, which I can't eat, um, but I have found that sometimes it does not, and um, I enjoy it quite quite uh, quite a bit. So. Um, shout out to mom, Eric. I can't, I can't do kimchi. You can't do the kimchi. Why not? I don't know. I just can't. It's can't spice, it. too spicy for you or? No, it's the, uh, it's the, the feel. Ah. It's one of those. Texture. One of my weird things that I don't like. I will what say about that barbecue? Sorry. Yeah. Oh, yeah. delicious. Yeah. But Eric, if you don't do beef anymore. Yeah. Right, yeah. Then there's not. A lot to eat at KBBQ, right? Um, I mean, there's pork, right? Yeah. yeah. Are there a lot of Korean restaurants in Cleveland? Because when I was living there, there was one. And Which, was what was it? Dude, I, I don't remember, but it was awful. Yeah, I remember it was just it was awful. I've been to a few um, that are that are actually <sighs> fairly good. Um, have you ever, Eric? Have you ever been to uh, I think it's called Soul Garden over in Parma? Uh, no, I can't say I have. Yeah, that place was actually pretty good. That was my first experience with Korean food, actually. Um, but yeah, I mean, there's uh, there's a couple. They're popping up a little bit more because Korean barbecues, you know, kind of becoming very uh, popular. Mm. So I can't I can't think of any Korean restaurants here. Oh yeah, for sure. Well, mainly probably more down uh, on the east side than on yeah. than on your side of town. I mean, there's nothing over here. Um, but I, I don't mean, know if there's like a more if there's a bigger Korean population now than when I had been living there in the early 2000s or anything like that because that would have an influence too, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, there's actually a place out by you, Rising Grill. Where's where's that? Illyria. Okay, I'm gonna write it down. You'll have to go check it out. This this food menu looks fantastic. Now I'm just all about this. I mean, we're we have a, a Thai place two minute two minutes away, and June hasn't even uh, tried that just based on the pictures that she saw on Yelp. What do you mean? She looks it up on Yelp and looks at the pictures and says, "No, that's gross." How do you know? <laughs> that's that's her how she does it. Huh. Well, I mean, I guess you know if you if you see like a steak or a burger and it just 
you know, it's got like coleslaw in it or something, you know, just be like, yeah, that's not authentic. Because <laughs> we see that here in Korea. We have like uh, burger joints with coleslaw and, and like a pork patty. It's just, it's just weird. It's just weird. I went to uh, Italy to shoot a wedding once, and um, the the nuns that uh, served us lunch one day, we were at a, we were at like a, um, uh, what do they call it, a place where nuns live? Anyway, that place, and um, they served us pizza with hot dogs and French fries on it. In Italy? Yeah, they, that, <laughs> that's what they thought we ate. I gotta say, it sounds pretty good though. Checks it, out. It yeah. did check out. It was pretty delicious. <laughs> I'm not gonna lie. Yeah. Um. I have a question because um, I'm ignorant and I've never been to uh, Korea before. Um, everywhere that I was reading, um, shoes are a big thing. Shoes? Shoes, yes. This is like this most stereotypical thing that I was like, this cannot possibly be. Like probably four or five different articles I was talking about with the removal of shoes. When you walk into somebody's home and I am like the biggest advocate for taking your damn shoes off at my front oh. door because I hate people walking around in my house. And I said, now that's something I could get behind. Yeah, that's, but, you know, that's I thought all that was Asian normal. cultures. Wait, but but I, I remember even, you know, when we were growing up in Ohio, you know, all the friends' houses we would go to, we'd always take off our shoes. Oh my God, I don't think I remember. I've had I, mean, in my house Minko, I, I think you on. took off your shoes because you, you're just used to taking off your shoes. No, no, but, but, but wait, hold on. Am I not remembering this correctly? Did we wear shoes inside houses of our friends' houses when when we were growing up? I don't remember that. I think it depends on the circumstances. Yeah. Like if, if you're if you're gonna be like in the basement on carpet, that you're gonna take your shoes off. Okay, so here's a fun story then. I, maybe this is a conspiracy that's circulating in Korea, right? Because there is this idea that Americans don't take their shoes off, but what Koreans think is that they actually do. Except when you watch TV shows, they don't. Because they want to have the product placement for shoes on TV shows. See, that that's the story ah. here. Yeah. So I don't know if that's a conspiracy anymore. Because now it's starting to sound like people actually do wear their shoes without cameras aimed at them. People wear their shoes in my house all the time. And it pees me off quite a bit. <laughs> right. So, I mean, just See, don't I, do it. Yeah. I just, mean, I feel like if you have a bunch of hardwood or something, that it doesn't really matter. If it's it, a, does matter if it does matter, Eric. It does matter. Um, I mean, it's gets just as dirty as well, not just as dirty. It gets dirty just like carpet. Wait, so I have a question then. Like, it's not like you walk into the house and put on indoor shoes, right? Just wear the shoes that you're wearing. I just wear my socks. Okay. Yeah. Like, what if it's been raining and you've been walking through mud? Like, what what do you do in that situation? I would take everything (laughs) off and I dry my feet off and then. Well, well, no, no, Dustin. That's because that's because I think what you're doing is normal. But what I'm saying is for households. Um, that do not remove shoes as they enter the door. That's a great question. I, I don't know what they do. Do they have they like a wipe mud their feet flap? off on a, on a mat, I think, and then <laughs> like walk around the house? I mean, I just to, to, for the life of me, I don't understand this. Like, I, mean, I, I don't think anybody's walking around the house with like super muddy feet. Right. That doesn't sound right. I think everybody's no, taking not. like if you get muddy feet, you're like I did yesterday. You're taking your shoes off in the garage and coming inside. You know what was really funny? I don't know if it was because we you just made me uh, think of Peppa Pig, uh, Eric. And I'm not joking you when I say this. I just had a flashback to yesterday, and maybe it was because of something that I was looking up online. Um, but it was Peppa Pig in Korean. <laughs> it was like it popped up on Mateo's iPad. It must have been because I was looking stuff up or something. 
And I was like, oh, this is funny. I've never seen this before. And he, he watched the whole episode in Korean. That was, I don't know why I didn't think about that. That's funny. Yeah, the default language in Netflix here for the kids shows is, is Korean. So I've seen all of those kids shows in Korean, but my daughter insists that she uh, she listens to them in English. So I always have to change it. It's kind of annoying because I wish you could just set the default to uh, English. Yeah. Well, I'm glad I got a little shoe debate in there for, for a second. <laughs> I, th- I think it's just, well, it's, it's not a big thing here. Like people do or do or don't do it, but I think everywhere else they take them off. Yeah, I'm I'm a big advocate for that. So if anybody's listening and they come over my house, take your damn shoes off. I just forget. And if if I like feel like I'm I'm coming in the house and I'm not done with going outside, I'm gonna leave my shoes on. Ugh, no, thank you. Then, <laughs> I get yelled at. Um, what? Uh, y- you had just mentioned your daughter, right? Yeah. Um, what age do they does do do kids start going to to school around the same age? Um, so, so we have the daycare system that leads into kindergarten, probably around the same age. Okay. So my daughter is four. She's going to be going to kindergarten next year mm-hmm. uh, at the age of five. And I think they start elementary at seven. So that sounds about right. Right. I am not, I'm not sure. Eric, what. I, Eric, are you, yeah. are, when does Bo start going to kindergarten? That's a great question. I should probably look into that. Yeah, that is a good question. Yeah. So I have no idea. Because obviously none of our kids are at that age, but I think it's seven when they start elementary school or maybe six, but I think it's similar. Hmm. Yeah. But I'm not ready for that at all. I can't even imagine. I don't know how you guys feel about that, but I can't imagine sending the kid to actual school. Yeah. I, uh, I almost, um, I feel like I almost killed my child yesterday. I, uh, I let him slip and fall. Um, this is the smaller one, Solomon. Um, and I was holding him by his hands, and um, I, I just let one go because he seemed like he was pretty good. And then he fell forward into a vent in the corner of the vent, and he cut his forehead. <sighs> I've never hugged onto my child so hard. I'm like, I'm never letting you go again. <laughs> Wait, did you did you just have to uh, use like the first aid kit, or yeah, it was like a, it's it was like small. I mean, I put some Neosporin yeah. on there, and um, but I've never. I, I've never had anything like that happen with either kid. So it was like really scary. And then I was like, why am I acting like this? I'm, I never thought that I would act like that. So, um, yeah, it was my first like experience. I'm a, I'm a helicopter parent. So it's kind of like, I'm constantly making sure like my favorite phrase, Mateo says this back to me now. He's like, be careful. (laughs) (laughs) You're two. I'm 35. Don't tell me to be quiet. Be careful. So you guys have two sons, is that correct? Uh-huh. Yeah. Two sons, yeah. Yeah, two under two. Mm-hmm. And um it's uh it's been a wild ride. He's uh in the walker. Is okay. uh Ford Ford thinking about the walker yet here? Oh, I've been I've been putting him in the walker for weeks. Really? Yeah. yeah. I mean Solomon's been for weeks as well. He and... he hates laying down now, so I have to he needs to be sitting up or in the walker. Yeah. Uh checking um, everybody out. This kid has the biggest eyes. It's crazy. Just stares. All of your children have big heads too. Yeah, his his head is the smallest. His eyes are the biggest. Gotcha. Uh, Mateo had to cancel his two year checkup today. Why? Because um, we have a family member um, that 
had to get a COVID test. So they decided, hey, we're going to pause this for a couple weeks and just see how that test comes back. And um, yeah, I guess, you know, the funny thing is, this is the first time I've heard of this. The restaurant started calling people uh, that were in for dinner on the night that one of their employees got sick or tested positive. Wow. Um, so, um, like it was like th that night and then like a few days later the, the employee tested positive. So then the restaurant decided to call all the people that were in that, that previous few nights where that worker was working. I, th I said, that's like really actually really responsible. And Minko, I think that was part yeah. of our first conversation. I think, uh, something that Korea was doing was the contact tracing right from yeah. the get go. Yeah, so, you know, if you go to a restaurant, you have to fill in a chart with your name and number and everything. I presume that's how they had the information, too, in the States. Um, but before we were doing that, I think they were contact tracing through GPS, um, you know, on cell phones. And I think there's there's, there's a bit of controversy with that, right? Because people yeah, it's like, don't like uh... to be tracked. But <sighs> to be honest, for me, I think it was worth it. You know, whatever. I mean, I don't really need privacy. Like, if I'm going to my work and home you know, I don't care if the government's, you know, tracking me in that regard, right? So, uh, for me, I think it was worth the uh, worth the benefits that we gained from contact tracing. That's been the consensus that I've heard in the media, in the American yeah. media, is that um, South Korea has been fantastic with that, and it's yeah. been um, a big contributor to why things are have been so successful there. Yeah, but there's been this one guy who lied, though. So he was he was actually a teacher and a t and a tutor that would travel from one house to another, and um, and I think he happened to be at like a gay club or something. And, um, mm -hmm. and you know, Korea obviously a fairly conservative culture. He just lied and said that he didn't go anywhere, he didn't do anything. So now he's in jail because he was mm -hmm. obstructing you know public health, uh, you know, I guess initiatives. Well, uh, you're uh, you're somewhat of a listener of this podcast. Has there been anything that um, we've talked about um, in the past that uh, you have found particularly interesting? Why well, I I, uh, I feel like you guys like to go to the zoo a lot, <laughs> 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 so you really know that zoo inside and out. You know, if you turn left, you got the elephants. Uh, I mean, I yeah. do. Dust, yeah. Dustin thinks he does, but he doesn't really. I I yeah. I was thinking of a different zoo for those that hadn't talked about we haven't talked about this since eric the polar but bear. we're thinking of the san diego zoo because it's where i had my first like you know moment with my now wife um when i took her to san diego and um i it was at the zoo that i felt like oh this might be a girl that i actually might marry someday and um i don't know what it was about that day but that's what i was thinking and um it was so vibrant in my mind that I thought that was the Cleveland Zoo, and clearly it was not. So, mm. I apologize publicly, Eric. I, yeah, I had the I had the articles to back it up. Yes, you did. Yeah. So no, I actually had uh, actually had questions for you guys because I think I might have had this conversation with Eric as well, but just the um, the cost of childcare in America, you know, and I, I just hear is pretty expensive. But I'm wondering how people who maybe, you know, let's say minimum wage workers and whatnot, how they would even start to handle that kind of fee. Yeah, I think that's uh, yeah. interesting. I've been thinking a lot about um, the same topic, actually, um, because I think that it's a it's a big juggling act. Um, I, w I had a uh, this past Monday, 
um, Melissa had a, a photo shoot at the venue that she is an owner at. And uh, she was gone longer than she typically is on a Monday. Mm-hmm. And Monday, I'm usually taking care of um, one of the kids. And um, the other one's usually at my my in-law's house. Um, well, my, my father-in-law went to Florida to visit his mom, who's in the hospital. Um, get well soon, Grandma Maddie. And um, so I had the kids. And I was thinking about this, how, you know, I don't know how other people do this. You know, I was uh, several years ago, I was an apartment building manager in a low income area and uh, I lived there for free and uh, it was it was uh, a great segue to, you know, where I was my next step in in my career. Um, But uh, there was a lot of people in that building that were minimum wage workers and Mm -hmm. a lot of them did have kids and I have no idea in retrospect after experiencing what I've experienced, I have no idea in H E double hockey sticks, how it was like, what did they do day to day? Mm. Now I understand why they were late on their rent, you know, several times. Now I understood why their rental applications were coming back with bad credit and, you know, debt galore. You know, I understood that because this has got to be rectified. I mean, you said just a little bit ago that there's a daycare system. Mm-hmm. Is, does, does the whole country have a essentially a, a, a the ability to put their kids into a pre-kindergarten system? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Because we have uh, public ones and private ones. Um, but uh, the difference in cost is like $40 a month. Um, oh, wow. And we actually get paid to send our kid to daycare because the government pays pays us something like 350 bucks, And my wife, uh, her job also provides $200 and the daycare costs Jesus. $400 a month. So what? we make $100 for sending our kid to daycare. And and it's good, right? And all the teachers are you know, certified and everything. They, they provide meals. Um, they have a nutritionist. So... Um, you know, we're not sacrificing anything from the low cost. I just think it's heavily subsidized because of just um, fewer children that we have. Just, you know, fewer heads to pay for, right? Yeah. So yeah, just to give true. you an idea, when when we had Bo and Quinn both in daycare, the cost was about $39 per kid per day. Per day? So, so how, much, how much would that be per that's month? That's just under, just under $400 a week. Okay. Um, about fifteen hundred dollars for a four-week month per kid. That's total. Oh, it's for total. Okay. Okay. Fifteen hundred dollars. Yeah. Fifteen hundred bucks. Yeah, that's quite a bit. That it's is a lot. A yeah. yeah. That was. I mean, when we were living in Lakewood, that was more than our mortgage. Yeah, I can imagine. I don't know. It seems the tough. thing I always worry about or wonder about is is the economics of it all, right? Is how, and this is with anything, and this is the difference between, um, you know, I have family in Spain. It's like they have socialized medicine there as well. You know, I don't understand why some countries are able to have things a certain way. I mean, there's a, you can't convince me that, you know, we always see these graphics on Facebook. Oh, it's so much better to live in Denmark, is mm. it? <laughs> you know, I don't know. Um, but what I do know is that, uh, you know, you look at the balance sheet, we're continually going further and further into debt in this country, and um, in the trillions of dollars, 
and yet we're and yet we're we're, we're pay over i feel like we're overpaying for all of these things and other countries don't pay for those you know people in those countries pay far less than than us for the same kinds of things so to me this just does not make sense is it the defense budget because that's that's how we <laughs> sort of see it from from outside looking in it's right. so funny that you said that because yeah. it was exactly what was in my mind. But, yeah. I, but my response to that is you can't convince me that being in South Korea with so much turmoil in, yeah. in, in Southeast Asia, right, and yeah. in, in Asia in general, like you cannot convince me that the need to protect your citizens is far greater. Um, and not to mention the fact that I – it seems like, based on what I understand about the amount of money that the in aid that the this was a big thing in the last election um, and for the first couple of years, is we give all this aid to all these other countries, but they're not paying their fair share. That was the mm. thing, right? And so it's like if we're giving all this aid out, I don't. Under, I just something's just not equating. Yeah. You know, it's like it's not right to for one one country to have its citizens pay you know $500 for a birth uh and then another one uh pay you know and I have really good insurance mm -hmm. you know pay several thousand dollars you know it's yeah. just there's something wrong there um and maybe it is defense maybe it is the fact that you know the NSA and the FBI and the CIA and all these government base force <laughs> yeah, the space force. Yeah. yeah, like maybe that's what's uh, really putting us in the red. I don't know, but um, something's something's got to change, you know. Yeah, I hope. So. I mean, you guys have a date coming up in November. Yeah, um, that's that's true. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if you guys have, uh, have voted. I don't know. There's this thing called early voting. I've been noticing. I don't know if that's also true in Cleveland. Yeah, it's a it's a thing. Um, yeah. and mail mail in stuff and. Um, you can mail in your ballot. Um, so definitely uh, encouraging everybody to go vote. Yeah. Um, but it looks like, um, you know, there's uh, a lot of uncertainty and a lot of that as well. So hopefully everything gets figured out and there's a good transition to whatever ends up happening next. Yeah. And we hope so, too, because, I mean, American election is not just an American issue, right? A hundred percent. Right. Yeah. 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 Uh, well, um, I don't know if uh, did you have anything else, Eric? You want me to talk about a book? Well, I mean, we're just going to keep talking about that a little bit. I was just what, like, what? What's a general viewpoint on America and and <laughs> just has what what's changed in the last you know four years for the you know countries looking in on us? Well, you know, to be completely honest, I, I'm not the best person to ask because, yeah. you know, I mostly immerse myself in the Western media um, or like Reddit or something like that. So I'm sort of uh, still an insider in the, in the Western world. But um, I think for the first couple of years, Korea was actually, you know, indifferent about Trump because he was doing a lot of weird things. But then I guess from the Korean perspective for its self-interest, it wasn't a bad thing. Maybe it had to do with like Kim Jong-un or whatever. Uh, but then over the last two years, I think, you know, they started to sort of recognize Trump's, uh, I guess, senile behaviors. <laughs> and then uh, and then over the last year, I think it's just been terrible because 
of the corona pandemic right because of how korea has been taking it so seriously and, and i think people are just flabbergasted they just don't understand why wearing a mask or not wearing a mask or why it has to be politicized right so right. it's just it's more of a dumbfoundedness as to why those issues even occur but for me like i get it you know because there is this sort of history of bipartisanship and and you know and and just the politicization of pretty much any issue that you can make it right mm -hmm. so because we were there right during the bush administration and prior to that so um i think from a normal perspective of a korean they're just probably confused more than anything else yeah, I mean, uh, don't be scared of it. That's that's a big takeaway. Don't be scared of the virus. Mm. It's it's not that bad, right, Dustin? Kind of. Don't. <laughs> Being facetious. I know. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I I think I I agree to to the degree that like you know you shouldn't just lock yourself in a nuclear bunker, but at the same time recognizing the risks that it poses on you know, our parents, right? Because our generation, I mean, our parents are now at that very high risk group. So, you know, we have to recognize that too. Did you know that the majority of the cases, at least here in, in Northeast Ohio, are coming from people going out to eat? Really? At restaurants? Yeah, because we, I, the, the natural thing for you to assume might be that people have to, you know, register when they go to a, a restaurant. But the reality is, is I can walk into any bar and have mm. a drink and... Uh, oftentimes I'm not required to wear a mask because when, as soon as you sit down, you don't have to wear a mask. Right. So yeah. um, that's where the majority of these are, are coming from. I was talking with a, a, co a business colleague and um, they went to a wedding um, out, out, they live in New York city, uh, but they went out of the city to go to a, a wedding and uh, every single person at the wedding ended up getting diagnosed with COVID. Oh <laughs> I my mean, goodness. Uh, this, this is what happens. So it was a buffet maybe because uh, buffets i heard are just horrible for that yeah they really are horrible they're not, <laughs> um, they're not allowed in ohio in general um, oh yeah that's not, there was a buffet at a wedding i did in august oh, it's not legal to have that happen so really because of covid or just like yeah, because, because people don't like buffet <laughs> no no <laughs> yeah no but i was gonna ask because you guys are both in the wedding industry so i i would imagine that outdoor weddings were probably a lot more popular over this summer because of the pandemic no well, I mean, there was um, yeah. there was no there was really no weddings happening in from March until like July. July. Yeah. Oh, okay. So what happened after that? Like, were people still having more people more? outside? There, but, definitely. But also, a, a lot of people had already canceled their weddings or, yeah. or rescheduled them for you know July, August, September, even into October, and you know further out. Um, people have rescheduled, so a lot of the stuff just isn't happening at all. Some people are just opting for like a smaller outdoor wedding, like at a backyard or something. Yeah. Um, then once August hit, it was kind of just like, well, do whatever, wear a mask when you're, you know, not sitting at your table. But then once dancing starts, everybody takes their mask off anyways. Mm. Wow. So, yeah. And it's just a matter of like, I feel like it's just a matter of when we're going to get it being at all these weddings. Which what, do, you, do you guys wear masks when you guys are working? Yeah. Or, yeah. Oh, 100%. Yeah. Yeah. What kind of masks do you guys usually use then? Is it cloth or like um, yeah, cloth N95 or no? Are N95s available for uh, rarely, rarely. Yeah, I see. Yeah, I wish we could send send you guys some masks over, but I think there's still restrictions on the export of masks here. Yeah, because we we have the KF94, which is kind of like our equivalent of N95, and they seem to work pretty well. And they're red available. It's just I don't think they're allowing us to send it to America right now. That makes sense. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It's like uh, sending a box of uh, Willy Wonka chocolate to somebody. Uh, 
that stuff just gets ripped off the shelves looking for the golden ticket. Yeah. Um, I think that you'll be very proud of me for my book suggestion this week. Okay. I don't, I don't have a sound in here for books, but let's see what this one is. That what was, was that? a horrible sound. It was something like closing the doors in a Star Wars movie. Hold on. Try this one. That was R2-D2. Love okay, it. great. Books. Books. <laughs> and looks. <laughs> this um, book, this, book uh, this week, obviously, I um, already explained. I um, did not have very much context, but the book is called B-Bim-Bop. <laughs> uh, it's a paperback illustrated uh, November 10th, 2008, uh, and it's written by Linda Sue Park, and uh, it's illustrated by, I'm going to try this, Ho Bak Lee, uh, B-A-E-K. Did I get that? Is that uh, yeah, I think so. Yeah. Okay. Um, it's $7.99 in paperback on uh, Amazon. You could also go to Half Price Books and probably get it, um, like Eric. And um, this is a, uh, a story... Um, uh, about uh, bibimbap. Uh, am I saying that correctly? Yeah, bibimbap. Yeah. Bibimbap, uh, yeah. which is, translates to mix mix rice, and uh, it's a traditional Korean dish of rice topped with uh, and then mixed with uh, meat and vegetables. And I love all of those things. Um, and uh, it's a rhyming text. And a hungry child tells about uh, helping her mother make uh, bibimbap, and. Um, is this uh Eric would this be closely related to Bibibop? Um I just pulled is it Bibibop up. Korean? I don't know of Bibibop. What is Bibibop? It's a, it's a local restaurant. It's um it's uh oh. Asian Grill. Okay, so I guess it's not yeah. uh, technically Oh uh, yeah, it is. It's Yeah, it's I think Korean. it's a play on the word. Yeah, it's, it's got to be a yeah. play on the word, right? Yeah. So this is one of Melissa's favorite places to go. Um, and I, I didn't even realize it until I made the connection in my head. But it uh, says right on the website, inspired by Bibimbap. <laughs> yeah. So actually, that's kind of funny that um, I picked that book. Um, but in any case, uh, yeah. Um, so the a great book, um, illustrated uh, book, and um, you can see the uh, the journey of this uh, little girl as she helps her mom make uh, food, and um, a little bit of uh, Korean inspiration there. Well, you know, Dustin, I gotta say, I actually really appreciate that because while my daughter eats Korean food at school, when she comes home, she refuses to eat Korean food. Oh. So I am gonna get this book and maybe have <laughs> Madeline help you know, make some bibimbap because that might actually be a game changer. So there yeah, I really appreciate that. I'll definitely put, uh, put an order for that on Amazon. I uh, definitely love Korean food. I love bibimbap. I can't eat a whole lot of it because, again filled with a ton of garlic and my tummy doesn't like that. Mm. Um, but, uh, love, uh, some, you know, they have these sweet potato glass noodles, um, that are just absolutely delicious. And then, um, they have the cucumbers and the carrots that are a little like uh, vinegary Mm -hmm. delicious. So love that place. One of our favorites. It's right up the street at, um, a new development that they created here on the East side. When this is all over, you guys should both come to Korea. Yeah, I would love that. spots. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, well, next time we go to Thailand, I mean, I think Korea is on the top of the list for us to go. Awesome. Um, I'd love to go Eric, not not in, not in winter. Eric, can I go with you. Yeah. I'm going to bring the whole family. No, don't do that. Why? Because <laughs> <laughs> I like the next two times I think we're going to Thailand, we we will not be bringing kids. 
Oh man, okay. they're not. They're just not old enough. It was it was really hard with Bo, and I, I can't imagine bringing two of them or three of them. Maybe I'll bring Isaac too. Um, I, I don't think Isaac was going to want to hang out with us. <laughs> you never know. Authenticity. You know where he would like to go in Korea is Where's the that? the penis island. <laughs> know what that is? Uh, it's like a it's like a sex museum. Oh. On on one of the islands, I've actually never been there myself, but it's it's like an internet meme, right? Yeah, it's a bunch of people taking photos from there. It's it's, uh, it's just it's like this outdoor uh, like statue garden, and it's just all these different statues of penises. Yeah, on the what is that the eastern <laughs> is that the eastern coast? Uh, I thought it was on the island of Jeju, which is uh, just a small kind of like our little Hawaii. Mm-hmm. So it's as warm as it gets for us here, but. Um, uh, yeah, it's it's the honeymoon spot, which is why they built it there. <laughs> for, for maybe, totally. hey, maybe it's because of the, uh, the birth rate thing again, you know? They just want couples to go there and just get the right idea and go right back to the hotel. Who knows? Yeah. Well, I appreciate um, you joining us today. Um, I feel like I could spend the next couple of hours just picking your brain on different things. Um, I'm glad that I uh, do not have hesitation now in inviting you back. Um, what time is it there? Um, it's, uh, right now it's 11 a.m. Oh, wonderful. So, um, so you're you're at work, right? Well, I'm at my office, but I gotta, I'm going to go back home afterwards. Uh, I got to run some errands and then, and then come back here for around four because I think my next appointment's at four. So it's a a relaxing day today. Well, we appreciate you joining us. Thank you for having me. I can't wait to have you back on. We'll, um, we'll talk about some more Korean food and, um, some uh, of the other other things that are kind of on my list. Um, and, uh, yeah. Anything else, Eric? Um, oh, it's just it's always good to, to see Minku and talk to Minku. Thanks, Eric. I appreciate that. It's good to see you guys, too. Love the chat. Um, yeah, I pulled up our, our chat from earlier in the year, and it was March 3rd that we started talking about the whole thing. I, I told you to go to Costco. Yeah, we were yeah. talking about Costco. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> to stock up. Um, and then you checked in two weeks later, and yeah, it was like, uh, I was just, I was thanking you for, for setting my mind right and actually being worried about this thing. Yeah. Hopefully things will improve, guys. Yes, definitely. And in the meantime, you know what they say be a dad, be a real dad, read a book to your kids. Bye. Bye-bye. I'm just going to end the broadcast. Bye.